Faye was a bit shorter than I expected, a bit heavier than her online photo with a new nose ring. She was not in the least bit what I anticipated when I arrived downstairs in the hotel lobby where I was staying. I'd invited her to join me for lunch, as I'd heard so much about her from other people I know and respect. She was completely unpretentious, authentic, honest, and I appreciated her openness from the start. I didn't come to Winnipeg to interview her, but what I learned from her over lunch was too good to keep to myself. You're so cute, she said. I should have told you that I look about half my age. I always forget to tell people that when they're meeting me for the first time, I responded. By the way, I didn't say this as a brag. I really look like I could be in college, which can make it hard to get the respect I need to get things done. In my online pictures, I'm usually wearing makeup and my hair is styled, but in real life, I prefer going sans makeup and pulling my hair back into a tight bun, similar to the ones ballet dancers wear. Although I'm 36, I can easily pass for a high school student. Good jeans, I tell her. I got some good jeans. We walked a few steps to the hotel restaurant I'd grown fond of. Let's take a picture together, she said before asking the waitress to snap a couple shots. I moved over to her side of the table and we took a few pictures. She'd always done great with her weight, but in recent times had picked up quite a bit, she informed me. I could tell she was getting back to the person she once was, but wasn't fully comfortable with where she was at the moment. Once she shared her story with me, I understood why. It was my husband's birthday, and I was preparing the house for his arrival from work, she began. The presents were bought, and I'd made reservations at a great restaurant. When her husband arrived home, he asked her to come into the living room. He had a question for her. Are you having an affair? he asked matter-of-factly. Of course not, she shot back. Please don't lie to me. She knew he'd somehow found out. After her face turned red and her eyes swelled with tears, she admitted she had indeed been carrying on an affair. Many years into their marriage, her brief affair had been discovered. It began innocently, with one of her husband's closest friends who was married to one of her closest friends. They'd text each other, jokes, and innocently get together with the kids. Then one day, something changed. In Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Committed, she quotes the work of a psychologist named Shirley P. Glass, who spent most of her career studying marital infidelity, how it begins and how it inevitably causes so many things to end. Gilbert wrote, How many times have we heard someone say, I wasn't looking for love outside my marriage, but it just happened. Put in such terms, adultery starts to sound like a car accident, like a patch of black ice hidden on a treacherous curve waiting for an unsuspecting motorist. But Glass, in her research, discovered if you dig a little deeper into people's infidelities, you can almost always see how the affair started long before the first stolen kiss. Most affairs begin, Glass wrote, when a husband or wife makes a new friend and an apparently harmless intimacy is born. You don't sense the danger as it's happening, because what's wrong with a friendship? I understood exactly what Dr. Glass was saying. Before I got married, I learned from speaking with marriage advocates and counselors that keeping friendships with the opposite sex can be dangerous for this exact reason. Prior to meeting Keith, I'd remained friends with every ex-boyfriend I'd had during my adult life. However, I'd always told them, as well as any male friends I had whom I hadn't dated, that when I met the man I was going to marry, our friendship would effectively end. It wasn't personal. I just didn't want to ever have that temptation. I never felt bad about that. And as a matter of fact, a few have even come back to tell me how much they respected that decision and how I've remained faithful to it. This was not something Keith requested, nor did I make the request of him regarding his former flames and friendships. But once I told him what I planned to do, he decided to do the same. After seeing the number of marriages ending because one or both spouses decide to keep in touch with an old flame or friend via Facebook, 
I'm so happy I made that commitment. I've spoken to many who have ventured down the dangerous path of friendship to a fair. Here's Gilbert again talking about Glass. It was Glass's theory that every healthy marriage is composed of walls and windows. The windows are the aspects of your relationship that are open to the world. That is, the necessary gaps through which you interact with family and friends. The walls are the barriers of trust behind which you guard the most intimate secrets of your marriage. What often happens, though, during so-called harmless friendships, is that you begin sharing intimacies with your new friend that belong hidden within your marriage. You reveal secrets about yourself, your deepest yearnings and frustrations, and it feels good to be so exposed. You throw open a window where there really ought to be a solid weight-bearing wall.